Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. Today we have a new story from Pontevedra and I have the pleasure to welcome you back to the podcast, Ethan. Hey and welcome. Thank you so much, Mustafa. Always great to see you, be with you and uh, you know, have, have be part of your global community and conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving your time. I know like now it's the super busy. It's the last day here in the Pontevedra. Yeah. yeah. How is it going? Uh, well, this is heaven to be here with you know, some of my favorite people around the world, many of the guests of your podcast and uh, to learn, come back together from so much time away, um, seeing many old friends and connecting with new ones, um, the placemaking community, the urbanistic podcast community um, keeps growing and uh, it's wonderfully diverse in every kind of way, every nationality, age, you know, interest, discipline, sector. Yeah. It just keeps getting better. So we feel very lucky. We're on to, we're on to something. Exactly. Is this your first time here in Pontevedra? It is. I've I actually, though, came through here 19 years ago on my honeymoon. So uh, 19 years. Yeah. And I had wow. my wife here earlier in the week. So it was a nice, nice yeah. reconnection and, and a recollection of that. It's time. a big change in the city, right? Yeah. Or? So the pedestrianization has been you know, really impressive. And um, uh, yeah, this, the city deserves to be known for, for how special a place it is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like uh, from, from the week, placemaking week here in Europe, what are like your top three moments? Um, so the, yeah, I mean, the schedule has been extraordinary. The, uh, the, the speakers, um, you know, have ranged so many different topics of the, you know, the emerging issues that placemakers need to be focused on from, you know, from equity to, uh, you know, area development and, and scaling up placemaking's impact to, to shape and draw, you know, development that adds to place. Um, there's been a lot of speakers on that topic. Um. And of course, governance, you know, we're looking at systemic change. How do, how do we use the, the small change that placemakers are, have been known for and good at to really disrupt and reorganize participation, governance, management of, of cities of public spaces? And you know, there's some great thinkers, doers on, on those topics here. Yeah. And, and now, like, uh, after big events and so on, like, it starts question, okay, so what is next? I would love to ask you, like, first, what is next? What, how, what is happening now in Placemaking X? What's happening now? And, like, what, what is next? So, yeah, I mean, and certainly this, this week has helped set the agendas and grow, grow many focuses as well. Um, you know, we do have a continual uh, calendar of, of gatherings that are starting to, to grow again in person um, and many virtual ones still. Um, but next week, we actually have something called Placemaking Action Week. Okay. Um, so October 3rd through 9th, we um, are celebrating, encouraging, highlighting placemaking action around the world. We're mapping many of the great placemaking actions. Um, the, uh, the movement has, you know, has, has built awareness. It's built a cause for public space and placemaking. We want to continually 
grow our capacity to, to have an impact and yeah. to act. And placemaking is about action. It's about something anyone can do um, at all scales and, you know, growing collective action, collective leadership for the public realm, um, you know, in all contexts. So we're lucky to have, there's a lot of good, um, uh, projects being posted on the, on the placemaking action week dot com. Um, and we're, uh, we're kicking it off on October 3rd with a, a global call. Um, it actually happens to be World Cities Day at the beginning of Urban October, UN Habitat's Urban October um, on, that, on that same day. So we encourage people to participate in that call, share their actions uh, on the call and on the, on the website. Um, we're also, you know, looking, Placemaking India is hosting a big Placemaking Week at the end of November. Um, their first, they had a Placemaking Weekend a couple of years ago. Um, weekend. A weekend. Nice. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this one will, will be a real gathering of the, it's probably the fastest growing Placemaking Network in India. There's um, many, many other Placemaking Weeks being planned. This one's going to be announced um, at the end of this conference that I can announce now is, is the uh, <laughs> uh, Mexico City, the end of next October, will host a big global Placemaking Leaders Summit. Wow. Um, so what is it like? It's only for leaders or what, what is the difference between a week and... Um, so this will, we haven't had a global one in a little while. Yeah. Um, and this, we really want to make sure we get the leaders of the movement there and anyone will be welcome, but um, uh, to, to come from so far, we don't expect everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> to come. So the lead, especially the leaders of the regional networks, people are, tr are trying to start new networks and, and help lead them. Um, those are really the, the core people that have made the placemaking movement happen are really defining where it's going. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to inviting, you know, any, anyone to Mexico City, uh, Placemaking Mexico, um, has done a great job organizing big conferences in the past. Yeah. They're really a model network in terms of their impact, their convening, the way they've supported many placemaking NGOs around the country. Mm. Um, so I really encourage people to start to plan now to come to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and what is like the next for the placemaking movement? Start as a movement. Uh, more structure like communities, networks, organizations, uh, toolkits, and so on. So, what is next? Like this in this yeah. eval. Um, so, you know, we're there. There, you know, toolkits and evaluations are definitely something we need to have it, you know, focus on to build capacity for anyone to do placemaking. And luckily, there are a lot of the regional networks um, that have been developing them. And so, you know, we part of the model of placemaking X is to have these ideas tested, grown, kept in check challenged mm. at the local level and incubated and so there's i've worked on some toolkits actually with uh in australia the state of new south wales has been funding the synthesization the synthesizing of many of the best tools from pps's tools to gail's tools okay. to city steepo's tools putting them together into, into sort of a, an action toolkit um that anybody could use there's so but there's many many examples a lot place making europe's website has a great tro treasure trove of mm. tools and resources talking to them about how you know how do we start to get some of those on the placemaking x website as well and get some new ones from other parts of the world yeah um so we you know we want to support placemaking action around the world where, where we have been focused on really growing and supporting the new regional networks and having them cross fertilize amongst them so to be mentors to each other um and now we're also starting to focus on uh cross-cutting networks uh and cross-cutting causes and there's mm -hmm. many many of them um here we launched the the um uh, the Real Place City challenges um, the nominees or the finalists rather for their um, uh, for the latest round that we organized with uh, Stipo and Wasipi Changa. Um, so there's there's a growing interest in children and placemaking around the world, which is very important. And luckily, some funders are also interested in that topic. 
Um, so we definitely want to keep the, the learning yeah. and action advocacy network around children in place picking going. Um, we're starting to focus on place-led development. We're been lucky to get to meet some of the most progressive developers around the world. We really want to highlight, support them, build a learning network amongst them, and then have them collectively challenge and support all developers to, to develop in ways that add to place rather yeah. than take from it. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, where we think the place-making movement has a lot of integrity and, and, and strength in that it started with, with people really connected to places and public spaces at a really small scale to have a bigger impact. Mm. Um, we are poised to challenge and support development to, to create this sort of virtuous cycle of adding to place. And, yeah. Um, and, and, and driving the market and proving to other developers that they should develop in ways that add. Mm. Do you have like a specific goal or target that you should reach? Like uh, within this year, we need to talk, start like so many placemaking networks in new countries or, or do you have like such kind of goals or how, how does it work? Um, well, yeah, we're ready to be challenged by you anytime, Mustafa, to <laughs> raise our, our expectations <laughs> and goals. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it has been quite organic and luckily it's, you know, it, the way networks work is that it does become somewhat exponential and, um, you know, there's, you know, the, the, it does keep the, the learning, the collective learning action and advocacy is, is growing and, and, and challenging each other and making sure we're grounded in authentic experiences and local culture and context, obviously. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not something where we're, we look at growth in a, you know, obviously a growth mindset can, is, is a good thing, but can also be, you know, if it's in the wrong way, can be um, an unhealthy too. So uh, um, we, we probably could measure it more though. So we're open to ideas on how to do that. And, yeah, yeah. And how, how does it work? Like, let's say we have the listeners who wants to start like a placemaking in their countries or cities. How can placemaking X help? So anybody can sign up on the Placemaking X website as an advocate. So we encourage yeah. people to sign up and that's how we can connect with you and other people can find you in their country or in the topics you're interested in. Um, it's also how when we do set up these regional networks, they can help find you and, and get you involved. Mm. Um, and then, you know, people are welcome to get in touch with us if they want to start a, a network or a placemaking campaign in their city, in their country. Um, and we you know, can help guide them, mentor them a little bit, connect people to the right mentors that they're interested in. Um, tell them about how these networks and campaigns have been structured, how they've worked in the past, um, and uh, you know, help them and, and then try to highlight what they're doing and celebrate it and um, get their work connected. Connect, try to, we try to, of course, connect people with funders and, and other resources as we can. Um, but that's the idea of a network is yeah. that we all, we all support each other. And like I, I did podcasts with, with many of our community here, and uh, many of them like... Um, raising up interesting questions like, uh, let's say, economy or post-growth economy, digital, digitalization, innovation, and so on. So like, is, is the placemaking movement can be adopted and, and we can change the values of the movement? Uh, like, up, not upgrade it, but like... Evolve it, perhaps, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah like, the, or, or no, we have like, the, let's say, main, we have main principle or, or, or values that we cannot change it. How, 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 what is your reflection about this? Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we've... I think that to the extent that there's a structure and a design to place being X, we're, we're hoping it, you know, events like this can really challenge and grow yeah. the, the, the culture and identity. And certainly we are all being challenged, I think, to focus more you know, deeply on systemic change, making sure we're not perpetuating the status quo with, with placemaking to make sure we're addressing more equitable issues. I mean, I think, you know, blind spots of placemaking in public spaces have been housing because that's fallen outside of it. But we're also learning some really creative ways in which placemaking can address that and, and understanding how it can and how we need to partner with and draw on 
um, other, other um, efforts to create affordable housing and address structural inequities and, um, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, access to, to resources that, you know, are, are preventing many people from, from thriving. Um, but, uh, you know, there are, you know, obviously our core values and, you know, our, uh, goals that, um, we think have attracted many people to placemaking, but, but also to the fact that it's an open journey, um, of learning and collectively challenging each other. Yeah. yeah. And we are talking like about growth of the network and, uh, like in your organization in different cities, let's say we have a network or an organization in a city, like let's say a few amount, number of people. Is your recommendation that they should grow and be more in the team or no? Like if they are happy, they can stay like five people. What, what is what is your recommendation? So, yeah, we do think that there are you know, groups of five people. Of our, or, you know, we say like three to seven people are a good working group of like the people, core team. The core team. And in fact, that number, when we do place games, little place making workshops, we often use, you know, break it down to small groups of people working on a small square yeah. you know, build, and it's really the same principles of how you build a campaign for your intersection or your corner of your park. Uh, the idea is that it's not, you, know, you learn to listen to other people, you, it attracts people with different skills, perspectives, uh, resources, um, and often the, it attracts the right people. Uh, so uh, whether you're building a campaign for a public space, a city or, or a country, you know, we, we try to sort of help facilitate the creation of these four teams of people. Um, and not, you know, and, and, you know, they welcome anybody of course, but as, as they get bigger, you, you also try to find ways to have core teams focus on cross-cutting issues in that space or, or smaller places within it perhaps. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes different types of leadership to start these things as it takes to run it. And you need people that are good at social media and have different organizing skills and access to resources and people can write grants and, yeah. um, so that you, you need a diversity of, of perspectives and skills on these, on these teams. Um, some of them are developing, you know, organizational structures that are rather really formal. Some of them are keeping it pretty informal and low cost mm. and you know, both directions can have a big impact. Yeah. yeah. And, um, how, how big is, is placemaking X team? What is that organization? So we're very small. We're tr we're trying to. This is about the, the people leading this around the world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we're not trying to build an institution or an organization, and we don't want to compete for funding with anybody. And so it's it's very light, quick, and cheap, just like just like placemaking. And we have a, I'm lucky to have a lot of people supporting me in my community in New York, and and then the the leaders of the, the placemaking movement um, and the networks around the world are offering a lot of volunteer time on the skills that they can to support us from web design to graphics to um, to organizing events like this, essentially, and, and uh, so we have a, we have a board. We have a um, that you know, has includes many of the people you've interviewed and, um, and represents many parts of the world. Um, so the team is every is everyone involved in the placemaking movement, and and, and the core the core team, like who is in your team, like that you have a direct contact with, um, like a daily basis. Daily basis, yeah. Uh, it's you know it, it's I, I I work somewhat independently. My brother actually helps me. Um, he worked with. Um, with Project for Public Spaces, he still does part time as well. And uh, um, I see, I live a block from my father, who's, who's, who's very involved, and he founded Project for Public Spaces, and really, you know, perhaps the founder of the, of the placemaking movement. Um, but uh, yeah, then yeah, then we. But I work daily with people like, like Guillermo Bernal from Placemaking Mexico, and you know, and Hans from, from yeah. Placemaking Europe, and uh, Ping, who who helps leads the Asia Network, um, and Peter Smith is our board chair. He's you know, from Australia. Um, Steve Davies, who's uh, who's the, the chair of the Placemaking Fund, in which Placemaking X sits. Um, 
uh, and then uh, Peter Smith's wife has also been really helpful in developing our relationships. Are one of our latest training programs with Town Team Movements. It's an online, very affordable um, training program um, called Placemaking Education. Placemaking dot education mm. is, is where you can get those a lot of placemaking resources and um, uh, and sign up for different. They're, they're adding more and more customized um, trainings, including one for local government officials yeah, right now. Yeah. Do, do you see that like um, one mission of Placemaking X is that to start to start having a conversation with academia to imp- to have like um, more placemaking courses as a part of academic um definitely i think you know i think we've started from a less academic perspective and i think there's been yeah, like more practi- practitioners there, there were more practitioners more yeah. experiential more observing yeah. how people use space um yeah, there was there was systematic and rigorous ways of that we did the research that, that sort of underlies a lot of the placemaking movement from the 70s and 80s um But yes, it's definitely time that we connect more to, to broader research. And there's a lot of great research going on right now about um, you know, issues of psychology and health. And um, you know, next month, I'm going to be at the International Society for Urban Health Conference in Valencia, which, nice. is, a, which is a strong academic yeah. um, urban, urban you know, public health um, base to it uh, with Giselle Sabag, who's, who's here and part of, part of yeah. in Europe. Yeah. Um, but there's, there are now more and more placemaking programs in different universities around the world. And there's... Uh, placemakers that from here that have connections to, or at least one foot in an academic world, and they're using place and public space to again disrupt and reconnect different sectors and different departments in in academia. Exactly. Yeah. Do you see like in the future that place may or a placemaker is it a formal title, just like an architect, uh, urban planner? Because as you know now, like I'm an urban planner and a placemaker. I'm an, like a geographer and a placemaker. Yeah, good question. Yeah. And and I, what, I, what, what do you yeah. think? What do you, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, I do like how everyone in the place we move it has sort of one foot exactly. somewhere else, and then yeah. one foot here, and they're bridgers, and that's really what is placemakers need to be: is they need to be connectors, facilitators, bridge builders. Um, and I do. We want placemaking to be done professionally, and we want people to be able to, you know, fund create careers in this. Um, so, in the extent you know, to an extent, placemaking is a field, um, but I think it's a field. We're not trying to compete with um, or replace, you know, other professions. We're trying to build uh, place makers that are facilitative of, other, of everyone engaging, drawing on the best skills of the community of the different disciplines um, and, and guiding people towards action and towards, you know, drawing, you know, really appreciating all the skills that are needed to create a place. It takes many more skills than one discipline can offer to create places. Yeah. And uh, the problem with, you know, the biggest limiting factor for many places is it's one discipline defining and shaping the outcomes um, very narrowly. Um, so I think other disciplines will start to realize more and more that placemakers help them do their job better, not yeah. replace them, but they have to let, they have to let placemakers be leading in many ways, not just doing the stuff afterwards. They have yeah. to facilitate and guide the vision with the community, build demand and, and build a program and a problem set for design community, especially to be solvers of not just not leading with their, their brand mm. or their concepts. Yeah. And and like you have, you have you're in contact with different placemaking networks. Yeah. Do you see that like some networks are like um, really getting this in like more professional than like the system of a city, or or, or how far? Yeah. Um, come? Yeah. So every every uh, you know of the t- more than 20 networks, each one. Um, 20 networks like country or city. Um, or con- diff- country, mostly countries. Countries. Yeah. 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 Though there's also placemaking Europe and placemaking Latino America. Yeah. Asia, Asia, but um, so the 
each one of them, I think the place making movement is coming from different strengths and has different weaknesses. And part yeah. of the reason to create it, to network it globally is because we want people to see the place making, first of all, is very diversified people in government, activists and developers and architects can all mm. leading generously in this way. But also the people that are leading are often blocking the other sectors to a certain extent. So it's always, how do you invite in? Our job is to help these networks invite in the, the groups that are, are missing. Um, and so in, you know, in government, um, you know, some of the Australia, I mean, well, Australia and the UK and parts of Europe do have more placemaking from, from government. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's great, but they're also trying to move towards more of an enabling empowerment model where they're getting other sectors mm. involved. Um, you know, Australian governments do hire a lot of placemakers right now. There's a lot of the councils we help you know, share the the job postings and um, it's, and they're really it's yeah. exciting to see to see that happen um and there's always you know several steps forward and some steps back as as they you know um get, get success and get supported um mm. but it's but we have to look at this holistically too there's not one goal to just get placemakers in one in yeah. one role there's no uh there's no one answer to how the role the placemaker should have in a city government or, yeah. or separate or like uh, even like if we talk about network uh, it's not like there's so much focus to the european one than the the one in and let's say in asia and so on yeah, yeah. now like i i usually ask uh, two questions about the network or about the community yeah. what should placemakers stop doing what should placemakers start doing uh those are great questions um so yeah, I think we should stop doubting ourselves. We are onto something. You know, we we've 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 you know deconstructed our efforts, and um, you know we've been fighting to to, to have relevance and and uh, impact. Um, you know, for a long time, for for decades in some places, and uh, you know, it, we're here. This is we, this community is magical, and you know, it's just the, the strength of the people. Of it really is the most important part of it. Um, so we should, you know, feel good about this and, and let it go be contagious. Um, so, you know, I think um, we were in a session just earlier about, you know, what is, how do we create a radical change? Because um, there is, there is a threat that placemaking is just, um, if, it, it, you know, even if it's well-intentioned, it can just be, it can perpetuate the status quo if we're just activating a space mm. that doesn't really shift, um, address structural um, inequity or, you know, race issues, if it doesn't, um, address sort of past you know pains or, and damages in that community um and if it and if it doesn't um you know uh create you know the, the systems the governance systems the economic systems that that we need for people to thrive or doesn't make steps in that direction um so i i think we want to we want placemakers to start working thinking about systems change um you know we were asked about is it radical change i think it, it you know what's so radical about placemaking is that it can be radical without being perceived that way <laughs> and what's radical about it is that there's lots of small changes happening around the world so we yeah. have to see the collective power of that and tell a collective story mm. um, and you know support each other in those goals and then think bigger about how we can each have you know bigger impacts yeah do you think placemaking is the answer i think placemaking is a tool for connecting um and, and drawing out the best in people and our connection to place um I think place making enables the sort of virtuous cycle of how people and places can build each other up um, and gets us towards, can guide us towards, towards action, collective action, um, move us out of our silos, move, move us out of sort of the problem focused world that we're in. We need to identify the problems. We need to understand them. Um, but a focus on place is really, it's really fundamental to 
are living in this physical yeah. existence. It's, yeah. it's, we're, we're born in some ways to connect to our places and people in them and how we build civilization is how we build up our places and our relationships within them. So it's, it's sim it sounds simple and common sense, but it's, we, are, we are structured to focus on everything but these simple goals in our sure. lives. We're structured to, <laughs> and, and the disciplines, the silos, the um, you know, culture moves us away from these simple goals that really lead to happiness and our, and, and our greatest creativity, yeah, which is yeah. realizing our potential and our collective and, and humanity's potential, which is the only way we're actually going to keep human life on earth and that's mm. you know again that simple goal we, we you know we, we there's lots of important goals from health to equity to climate but i actually think focusing on helping humans thrive on our places and all scales is actually going to help us best achieve yeah those other those other goals yeah from one to ten how much are you happy <laughs> in your position oh i mean i i couldn't be luckier and, and more privileged to get to, to do this work and get to work with people like this um and uh and be in place and be in great places. I feel like I'm always in the best place in the world True. with some of the best people in the world. And yeah. so I am very, very happy. And, uh, but I'm always, you know, have always want more, you know, I always want to be able to with, with my, how lucky I am. I want to be able to give back more and help, help yeah. you know, help be part of this, help people that are part of this community and help them thrive in them as well. What makes like, what is the happiest thing in your job? Um, you know, it's being with, with, People in, you know, I just had a wonderful lunch in a plaza and with people from all over the world yeah. that I've known for some, some time, for a long time. Some have just met today. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm very lucky to so like meet, meeting people, meeting people or, or yeah, collaborating celebrating with them and, and, and bridging, you know, drawing connections. That, yeah. And, you know, you know, these people are dedicating their lives to this kind of work and trying to figure out how to do that. And just, you know, a few connections and, and ideas can really spark within people and that you know unleash incredible potential what is the most boring thing in your job <laughs> <laughs> uh well the thing i think and you you're you're much better at this is the social media <laughs> social media has been great you're, you're wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It, it, it's been great for it's great for network building um but it is definitely draining and uh it's uh it's, you're yeah, you're it's you're, you're good by the way you, you okay no 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 maybe i cut this because you're you're not you're you're so good and also like you're editing i saw you you're editing the the pictures before like the the colors and before you're posting i'll be like this is advanced oh, really? oh no i don't know, I don't know about that uh, good job so, so like social media the time for social media yeah it's yeah but but i appreciate <laughs> that's how we build this network and for of people course, remotely of this is the way we connect and highlight yeah. each other and and no, but like good job because you're quick you're not posting uh, one week after the what's happening you're posting like that day you know try yeah. keeping the network yeah. updated so appreciate yeah we appreciate everything everyone does to to grow the, yeah. the, the network's conversation and learning through social media certainly yeah. yeah how did you get into uh place making is it just because like your dad working with it or or how how how, how was the start um so yeah i i was really lucky to grow up around you know, many people that were uh leading in the environmental movement and various social causes in new york my father organized the first earth day in 1970 um he organized a street academy for black and latin education before that actually um he my my my, my mother um actually has always been involved in local economic development work or uh, advocacy for strong local economies and actually challenging the global economy, global culture, um, working with a woman by the name of uh, Helena Norberg-Hodge, who's been a big mentor of mine as well. She runs something called Local Futures. Um, so I, I grew up with a lot of mentors. So I always knew I would do something around um, you know, social change and environmentalism. Um, uh, and, I, and of course, 
you know, we saw that uh, you know, the environmental movement, you know, has 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 it accomplished all it's needed to, and you know, I, I increasingly saw throughout my childhood that um, it wasn't focused as not enough on cities and people and places, and I saw how a focus on place could ramp people onto broader consciousness mm-hmm. and stewardship of the environmental issues and other issues um and build their capacity to take on those yeah. bigger challenges so uh, uh yeah I, I i've been lucky to have a great roots around that and i did this incredible graduate program where i actually met my wife traveling around the world look, working with um, local activists on um you know on cultural development and uh, sort of, again people challenging sort of the global culture the monoculture mm. um working and spending a few months in india and uh and you know Lots of time all over Latin America, and um, you know, so those those experiences really you know, continue to lay the foundation for for what I'm trying to do. Yeah, will uh, your uh, because you have to, you have two kids, right? Yes. Yeah. Will they be a placemakers and 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 continue? What do you um, think? Yeah, I think they. Oh, wait, what do, what do you what do you think, and what is your wish? <laughs> um, they yeah, they're they don't really know what placemaking is yet. They're ten and twelve. Um, You know, so I, I I wanted to take them to a place like this. I, and honestly, actually, when I was, I think, nine or ten, I had my first experience of what my father did. Yeah. Uh, and it was going to a conference. I've been walking around Pontevedra uh, remembering this, actually. I was, it was the first time I've ever been allowed to walk around a city by myself. Uh, Here in Pontevedra. It, it, well, it was, this, and this, this conference was in Venice, but it had a very similar yeah, experience. Yeah, it was car-free, just like the core of Pontevedra. And it was that moment, it was actually going to a conference with my father, um, the first international Making Cities Livable conference. There's now been 57 of them. This is the first one in wow. uh, Venice in 1986. Um, and that just got me hooked. You know, I I fell in love with what Venice could yeah. be. And I, and, and the, the, some of the people that were at that conference, I've, I've known my whole life. And uh, um, so I had no idea what my father did before that. <laughs> and, and But I was like, okay. So I, so if I brought them to Ponte Vedra, they would be placemakers. Not yet. They're yeah. <laughs> so 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 do you think they will be a placemaker, like, let's say, when they will understand what you work with and so on? Hopefully someday. Right now they just love yeah. playing in their neighborhood. They have, we have a schoolyard that's just asphalt that they spend three or four hours a day in if they can. And, and we love too. We, so nice. we, get to, we get to meet all the yeah. parents there. Yeah. And, um, So we're yeah they love our neighborhood that we're lucky to live um, in, in Brooklyn um, and actually right in front of my father's house is the schoolyard that is our is our public space yeah. so anyone welcome to come visit us there and yeah, yeah. and so your wish do you wish that uh, they will be like you and your brother uh, I no I, I want them to be happy doing whatever they like I hope you know hope they see what yeah uh, how yeah. lucky I am to get to do this work and and get to benefit from some of the wonderful people that I've I've, I've gotten to meet but um. Uh, yeah, I think they, they'll they'll do their own they'll chart their own path. Yeah. yeah, and as a director for the placemaking X, how does your day look like? What is your routine? When when do you wake up? What do you do? Um, so unfortunately, there's not that much structure because yeah, there's often calls you know before my kids wake up or after they go to bed. Uh, and uh, but I do take my kids to school. I do get I do bike with them um, or, and, uh, and you know, play play sports with them. And uh, yeah, I'm lucky to work from home, so I I, I can be flexible. Without all that, but uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, it's yeah, it's this is an era where we now work uh, or any from anywhere. So I also am lucky to get to to be able to work a little bit from everywhere and and try to always include connecting with people in public spaces as part of every day. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a big difference, right? Like uh, for COVID and after, like the way of you working on Zoom and so totally, yeah, right. Well, that's and that's really yeah, we needed to learn how to do that, and it forced us and facilitated us to connect globally we were lucky though of course to have 
built in-person relationships with people all over the world that key through getting us through the, the yeah. pandemic and um and now those are you know re- reconnecting those uh those memories and bringing in new people is, is, is really key to growing this movement so ethan you're always with people let's say with family or with a network and so on when is your like moment that you're alone and like chilling reflecting you I, have I'm, you have I'm, time for this i'm actually an introvert and i actually i actually really enjoy being in public <laughs> spaces and just watching i think a lot of people like people watching too and just being alone in in other you know with some protection while looking out at people is is a wonderful place to be um yeah and i and i do shut off just like everyone else i need to to regenerate and it's important to, for us all to take the time i think just like a good city there's you have a full spectrum of private to public space you need the full spectrum of yeah. time in your day you need private space and very public space and and everything in between yeah what is your favorite food oh that's a tough one um okay top top three <laughs> that's even tougher <laughs> Um, well, there's, let's see, there's a lot of, I mean, neighborhood has a lot of good Lebanese food actually in it. And, uh, we have, you know, great pizza in New York. Uh, and, um, you know, of course the Galician food right now is my, is my favorite. So (laughs) (laughs) nice. Now we are in the end of this uh, episode and I have three questions for you. The first question is about you giving a message to Pontevedra. Uh, What should Pontevedra think about when they continue developing the city? So Pontevedra has done amazing work in, cre- in creating and preserving this this historic core, which is the layout um, is is you know you really can't be beat. Um, in the the way these streets are so walkable and supported by and integrated with the small businesses here um, is, is really you know, spectacular. Um, I think the, the waterfront is you, it's good to start with making the core work. Next, you make the waterfront work, and and how cities meet the water's edge. The process of just figuring that out is the process of growing their new identity. So, mm. so the fact that it isn't so defined is a real opportunity to engage people in creating some public destinations at the water's edge that showcase a, a new, um, more perhaps even more inclusive and more creative face to the world. Um, and then, you know, more broadly, how uh, you know in the, you know, the post-pandemic age, as people can work where they like. Uh, you know, this is the 15 minute city. This is the scale is the 15 minute yeah. city. And this is in a way, this is the best of urbanism. And the fact that you can take a, a beautiful four hour train ride straight to Madrid, right. Or down to, down to Portugal. Um, you know, this, they, there's every case in the world that Pontevedra could be a place that anyone would want to come live in for a while. Yeah. And, um, so attracting people that want to come live here, but not just live to extract the beauty live to contribute to it. exactly so creating engaging locals and tourists in place making that attract people on locals terms first um and then attract when people come giving them ways that they can contribute to local economy local culture local place making um that's how you create that again that virtuous cycle of of unleashing the potential of pontevedra that yeah. didn't even know is possible um so i really you know i look forward to visiting it again soon and, and learning from you know the, the story that, that they've made possible through the 20 years of, of work in the past yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And uh, the next question is about you giving three takeaway messages to our community, like placemakers. Is it fine if I make a video of you? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, wait. So what are your three takeaway messages to our placemakers? So <laughs> this community is really special. Uh, the, the placemaking Europe community, as we're so grateful for 
everything that this community has done to to create a foundation for placemakers around the world. Um, and you know, I, I think that the little things that people have done for to build this up are are people don't realize how important they are to people just starting on this path um, in Europe and around the world. So keep building these relationships, um, you know, keep highlighting your projects, sharing them through, through Placemaking Europe um, and, uh, and Placemaking X. Um, it's so valuable. And, you know, I'll also say that um, you know now's the time to think bigger. Uh, many of the themes of this conference have, have focused on systemic change and place-led development and equity. Um, and so we have to challenge what we're already doing and make sure not only our intention but our the larger trajectory of our work is actually addressing um, challenges systemically. Um, and then I think, you know, again, we should, you know, lastly, just we should be proud of the fun we can have. So this is the the, the, the biggest force in the world um, for change is actually culture. And uh, I don't really necessarily like this idea, but I was once told by an advertising um, person that whoever holds the vision of the good life holds the power. And I think the placemaking community has an opportunity to put forward a vision of the good life that is inclusive and equitable and challenges, um, you know, modern media and monoculture um, in a way that goes viral and, uh, and that, that allows other people to say that we want to be part of that. We can be part of that. Uh, and it's, so it's great places where people thrive all around the world. We can create them in every corner of the planet. Um, those are what will go viral and really lift people up, um, create the more resilient, sustainable culture, equitable culture that's that's needed. Amazing. I, I will send this to, to our community. And the last question is going to be you asking it. So it's your turn to ask questions. So what is your question to me and to our listeners? So um, Mustafa, we're, you know, we're so grateful for the community you've built and how you've supported the placemaking community globally um, and drawn out the expertise and personalities and passions of, of, of all these, you know, zealous nuts. Um, my question to you is how can we best help you, <laughs> you uh, grow your, your grow, grow our communities together and, uh, um, and build, uh, you know, and think bigger about what we can do. How do you build on, you've, you've built this incredible foundation. What's next for you and what, uh, how can I help you get there? <laughs> yeah. And a question to our listeners. So to your listeners, um, Love for you to be part of the Placemaking X community if you're not already, and, and sign up as an advocate. Um, but also to, to to challenge us. What are what are we what do we need to What does the placemaking community need to know about that we're not yet learning? If it, whether it's a specific project, specific idea, uh, or, or some audience or demographic that's not yet included or represented enough. Um, Ethan, thank you so much, and uh, I'm really happy to see you, and hopefully see you in the next coming event. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Mustafa.